0: Hi, my loves. My name is Ruby Lee, entrepreneur, digital nomad, croissant-obsessed, free spirit, and founder of the Own Your Hustle movement, and this is the Own Your Hustle podcast. Here, you'll be so motivated to start that business you've always wanted to, grow it unapologetically, and go all in earning powerfully with ease and grace. I'm so excited that you're here and listening in, and I'm so grateful that you made it. So, welcome to the Own Your Hustle way of life, full of freedom, a dose of woo woo, and plenty of random tangent laughs along the way. (laughs) You know, I started my company working nine to five, too, as a recruiter. I was working for a ventures based business in the urban, cool city of Melbourne, Australia. And today I'm traveling the world, young family in tow, working with the most amazing humans ready to build a career and life by design. Strap in, my love, you are about to binge on all of the most incredible guests that I bring onto this podcast. And guess what? They started their businesses through purpose and calling, mostly while still working a day job. Let me also share this. I called my company Own Your Hustle as a reminder for us daily that we get to love our soul-led hustle. Own our decisions to go big, stop playing small, create with joy, take the risk, say yes to adventure, and from time to time, be okay with those meltdown moments. These episodes are filled with joy and strategy, spirituality and thinking business, tactical tips, big picture concepts, musings, and of course, some of that ruby colored energy. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, gorgeous humans. It's so awesome to be back on the air this week. And yes, it's still quarantine for most of the world. I hope you are keeping well, keeping safe and as much as you can connecting back to self and keeping those energy levels up. You know, I have to admit something. It definitely has been very contrasting this week. I have been really mourning the loss of a really big part of my life, which is that element of travel and a really big and deep part of my value system being freedom. I've been really needing to find ways to reinvent and reframe what that value looks like in this current condition of our world and the state of play at the moment. And 90% of my day was traveling and exploring new cultures and always thinking about which country we could hop to next. And, you know, literally our conversations would be, hey, do you want to go to Turkey on the weekend? Do you want to go to Greece on the weekend when we were in Europe? And to go from that sort of lifestyle to being in the house, like all day, every day has definitely been very confronting. The reality of not traveling and not being able to see my friends. Also, that freedom element of being able to work from a really cute bar or a really gorgeous cafe. You will know that I love working from hotel lobbies or even just from like airport you know, lounges and things like this. This is where I get a lot of my inspiration from a lot of my energy from even talking about it and picturing being in that scenario. Has, has me, you know, really smiling from ear to ear. I'm doing a bunch of things to keep me very grounded. And it's really something that I really want to share with you around how both Michael and I are making the most of this whole scenario, how we're hunkering in and, you know, what, what we're doing with this time that we're gifted with. So what's been keeping me grounded is knowing that I am so blessed to be healthy. So, and also incredibly blessed to have a family that are also healthy. So my heart goes out to all of you out there who have either experienced coronavirus or, you know, someone who's gone through it. I really do from the bottom of my heart, sincerely hope Everybody is keeping safe and healthy and I'm sending you all the healing vibes during this time. I'm also very very blessed to be back in Australia. Somehow, somehow at just the right time we were brought back here. The outbreak sort of happened when we were in Vietnam and it just led us back to Australia just before lockdown happened, just before, you know, a lot of the governments have sort of said we're shutting borders and we're no longer doing flights. Like we really could have been on the other side of the world. Like we had just come back from Europe and then we we're making our way back from Europe to, to Dubai, Dubai to Asia, Asia back to Australia. So I'm so thankful and grateful that you know, the universe led us back to our home turf during this time. And I'm very, very thankful for that. And also the stability of not being able to move around so much has really kept me very grounded. I mean, of course, we love the travel and it's such a big part of our life and and our energy source. But on the flip side, being grounded gives us an opportunity to really feel connected more than ever. I feel so, so, so connected to Australia again, being able to see the beach and being familiar with the surroundings has been quite comforting in a way but i want to also talk about what's keeping me happy so feeling grounded is one thing but also feeling happy is another so what's been keeping me really happy right now are my daily walks so we are still allowed to go out for walks and take the exercise and you know get some fresh air with lots of social distancing so i've been going on my daily walks every day with my son teddy because Henry and Mike are homebodies so they like staying indoors like this is honestly them like living their best life <laughs> they love it so me and Teddy are like manifesting generators we love to go outside i am um also making so many TikToks. So if you're not following me on TikTok, I'll leave my TikTok link below, or you can just search for me. It's the same as Instagram underscore Ruby Lee underscore. And I have found a TikTok strategy that is really starting to take off. I've gotten like 45 new followers in like the last five days. And I had one video go quite good. Like it had over 2,500 views in the first day. So that was really cool to see my new little strategy come to life. So I will be sharing that if you guys want me to and taking you through how I'm using the platform also to grow my personal brand and um, some awareness around the business. I'm also learning languages. So the two languages I'm learning is Italian and also Korean. It's actually also an astrogeography practice where If you can't get to a certain line on your astro chart, you can actually call in the energies of the country by cooking the food, learning the language, watching the TV, listening to the music. You can do all of that through energy. That's why it is so, so powerful to know that we can create our own realities this way. You know, when all of this began, Mike and I sat down and decided that our business would not only survive through this season, but thrive. We decided to do this by helping as many new entrepreneurs as we can. A lot of that definitely drove into the launches that we've planned now over the next couple of months. It definitely has fed into our pricing strategy. It's fed into our funnel strategy. It's fed into the way that I message and how often I'm showing up. All of it comes back to we know our business is going to absolutely thrive because it comes from a place that is here to serve. And if it comes from a place of service, we will always be rewarded because this time is so great for reflection. I want you to think about what has brought you to becoming the entrepreneur that you are today. Thinking back to the first time that you earned money on your own terms, This takes me back to 1991 and my next door neighbor was also my very best friend in the whole world. Every weekend we'd knock on each other's doors and we'd be like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And she had this awesome costumes box with like an angel costume, a clown costume. I put on the angel costume. She put on the clown costume. And I said, let's go back to my house and get my cassette player and play Mariah Carey and go stand out the front of our house and see if anybody gives us change like for our dancing and for our singing. And she's like, what? I'm not going to do that. I'm like, come on Nat! It'll be so much fun. Think about all the candy and the lolly lollies that we can buy from the local milk bar, which is also like a general store. And so I finally convinced her and we played Dream Lover <laughs> and we just sang our hearts. Out. And guess what? We would get like 10 cents here, 20 cents, 50 cents, a dollar. It was magical. So, what happened was, Every weekend, we had made $10 to $15. That was so much money back in 1991. We were so, so little, but we had so much fun doing it. And of course, so much fun eating all the sweet things and buying it with our own money. I remember my parents and her parents actually going, Where did you actually get the money from? We're like, No, seriously, we were just busking. That was such a cool memory. So that was the first time. I earned money on my own terms. It wasn't pocket money from my parents. It wasn't, you know, helping out my parents, friends, and they felt obligated to give me some money. It was purely on my own terms with our own idea, with our own initiative. So I thought that was super, super cool to remember. So the next prompt is think back to a time that you gave back to society on your own terms, Think back to a time that you gave back to society on your own terms. I remember when I was in grade six and grade seven, I was so shocked to hear from my friends that their older brothers and sisters were working at this bread company, making bread like it was a bakery, and they would have sacks and sacks of bread that didn't sell that day. And a lot of that bread would either go out to the birds, go out in garbage bags because you can't sell stale bread at a bakery. And this is after the fact that they had taken so much home to their friends and their family. And I remember hearing that saying to my dad, that's not right. I I don't think that's right. I think we need to do something with that bread. And so I went to the bakery and I asked them if I could collect all the bread that they did not use and that they were planning to put out into the dumpsters. And I said, I was going to deliver them to the aged care centers around the area. I knew that there were a lot of elderly people in the area and I'm sure that they would have appreciated it. It began this sort of bread run, bread delivery part of my life where the manager, the bakery manager was actually like really shocked by my suggestion and they were so happy to give us the bread. And yeah, me and my dad, every Thursday night, we would do it, only do it once a week because, you know, I was still so young And I would beg my dad, actually, he was really, really happy to do it too. I think it made him feel really good to give back to society. And we'd go to all the aged care centers and drop off like bags of bread that was baked that day. And I don't know, like we got really well known in the area and they were so grateful. It was just such a beautiful time. And, you know, unfortunately, we had to stop doing that which really sucked because the food laws had changed in Australia and they no longer allowed us to pick up the bread. But that was the very first time I really thought about giving back with the time and the resources that we had. And it made me really recognize that we have so much within our own power to do this. And it's such a quality of being an entrepreneur, giving back on your own terms, being generous with the time and the energy that we have, finding ways to meet people's needs and knowing that we have so much more to give always. Like what we are able to give is so, so, so unlimited. Think back to the time you exercised discipline and routine, such a huge quality as entrepreneurs, right? The way that we live our lives every day, I wake up, I have a routine, even though I'm not a routine driven person, it's just become such an innate part of me that I don't even think about it anymore. Like I don't need to have to-do lists and a huge calendar and reminders telling me to do certain things. It's just a part of my like circadian rhythm, if you like. So I was very, very sporty growing up. I ran track. I played a lot of tennis every weekend whenever my tennis team would play a rotation or a round robin in our district. We'd have to be at the courthouse by like five or six a.m., especially if I played clay And I had to bag the courts. So we had to like water the courts. We had to grab the mats and bag it and to make sure like, you know, it was beautifully even. So we were ready to start playing and first serve happened at 7 a.m. for round robin, which went until 1030 a.m. every Saturday morning. So this was the discipline that came with it. And I became the tennis captain of our club and uh it was like me and six other gals that would play round robin so i would do like the rosters i would do who would be playing together in a doubles team who would be taking on singles that week and if anyone was injured i would have to bring someone off the bench and call around and see if the girls were available to play comp with us so there was a lot of discipline and a lot of routine and obviously a lot of leadership skills there as well i would have been about 13 or 14 years old so for a 13 year old to wake up at 5 a.m. every Saturday morning, get the other girls there on time and get like a minivan organized, which luckily one of our friends had because they had a big family. All of it really, if I cast back to that time, has really helped me today lead teams all throughout my career helped me stay really true to my words, stay really disciplined on top of my day. And it's just a really nice memory to have because it really helped me go, okay, like I'm I'm actually responsible. I have a responsibility to have to my clubhouse, to my team, to my other players and of course to the district because they were so like excited for us to like win pendants every year and to take out championships and whatnot. So that in itself has really helped ground me as an entrepreneur and definitely the business owner that I am today. Okay, second last prompt is... Think back to the first time you were so determined to beat your own personal best record. So thinking about this from an entrepreneurial point of view, we always want to better ourselves, right? We always want to better the last month that we did financially. We always want to better our statistics and our growth from a social media point of view. We always want to get bigger, get better, like write better, speak better, all of that. And so when was the first time you realized that you had this drive within you to just really go, 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 go. And it wasn't competition with others. It was a competition with your own personal goals. So my example is fundraising. I was somehow just crazy competitive with my last year's goal every time it came to a fundraising type of activity. I loved reading growing up. I was like a bookworm. There was this one particular fundraiser called the MS Readathon and it raised money for the Multiple Sclerosis Society in Australia. And I, it was a one month readathon. And oh my God, I remember one year I was so determined to beat my first year record of six books in a month that I blew it out of the water and I read 15 books in 30 days. So the idea is that with every book that you read, you make a, you get someone to pledge how much they're going to donate based on the books that you read. And it's definitely a trust system, but you log the book and then you, you know, like you sign off that you've read the book and whatnot. And so I would say to my, friends and family and uncles and aunties like for every book I read you're going to donate five dollars and they were like what five dollars for every book and they sort of like you know no pun intended but they'd judge a book by the cover and be like I'm not sure how many books you can read in a month so sure anyway can you imagine can you imagine when I said that I read 15 books (laughs) So I don't know, I can't quite remember if like negotiation was struck at that point because my mum would have been mortified. Like, you can't take that much money. And I'm like, yes, I can. It's for charity. So it was this whole thing. But I was determined to do all I could to raise as much as I could. So that was really, really cool. And, you know, thinking back to your own instances, what was the first time you recognized you were so determined to meet your own goals and to surpass them? My last prompt is think back to the first time you felt rejected and leveled up your resilience. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this story, but one of my first ever jobs that I took was door to door sales. And it was also to raise money for the kidney foundation. So my mum is in the kidney field. I felt very connected to this particular charity and I wanted to do my best. So it kind of goes back to the fundraising and the giving back. But this whole sense of door to door was brand new to me. And I think I entered into it with a lot of naivety and not really thinking, that people would act the way that they did, given that I was knocking on their door for a charity. Very naive, as I said. And this is during the time of like energy providers and utilities knocking on doors to make sales and all of that. So I didn't realize I was going to fall into the contingent of people that got their doors, you know, like doors slammed in their faces and people yelling abuse and people threatening to get their dogs out to get me off their lawn. And at one time I had someone throw their lunch at me. I could see people hiding inside, like not wanting to open the front door. That was a really big eye opener for me, especially because I had never, ever had a sales job and I would be walking the streets through rain, hail, or shine. So I remember some days it was so bloody hot. It was like 40 degrees and I nearly just about passed out. Some other days when I would be caught out in the rain and I didn't have an umbrella because hashtag Melbourne life, it can be like really hot one hour and then the next hour, just like the clouds roll in and you're just being rained on. So that was a really big moment for me where I realized, you know what? Rejection is just part of the reward not to say I invite that story into my life always, but knowing that if rejection comes, it makes us stronger. If a time comes when we're asked to step up to the plate and be more resilient, we're just asked to be stronger. We're just putting on, you know, more armor. We're, we're leveling up. There's always going to be a challenge that we defeat and we get to like you know, defeat that big boss, whether it's the voice inside of your head or whether it's other people who are physically wanting to take you down, you know that we can always rise up. We're such resilient beings. So with all of this being said, I hope this has helped you really discover the entrepreneur in you that you never knew you had. This has been such a wonderful exercise that I've personally gone through and hence why I wanted to share it with all of you listening in, learning how to ground back to the entrepreneurial roots you always, always had. And with all of your experiences, you might've experienced it when you were super young, when you were like five or six or right up through to where you are now, it could have happened last week. So don't ever feel that you do not have entrepreneurial qualities or that you're not good enough or that you have this self-doubt, going back to those stories is actually such a great way to also, you know, tell your story, story, tell it with the world, document that with the world, show people, you know, the, the resilience that you've gone through, the moments that you've gone through where you've been so determined to get back up, to beat that last goal, to be so generous, so giving, so focused and seeing that now, in terms of your own life story is powerful. So go and do that. Have a beautiful rest of the week. I've got an interview coming up, which I know you are all going to absolutely love. Keep that energy up however you can. And I just want to send you all the love. I also want to remind you all, if you haven't seen it, I'm hosting a live seven-day online coaching campfire, which is starting from April the 20th. So if you haven't registered for that yet, I'm going to leave the link in my bio so that you don't miss a beat with when the live calls are going to be. You are absolutely going to want to be on these calls because it's going to help you really set up your coaching practice. So if you are an aspiring coach or you are a coach wanting to take your practice online, This is the seven day free series to be joining. I'll catch you real soon. And remember, you can absolutely own your hustle. Love you.